secure exchange of patient information among healthcare providers and health information exchange organizations continues to be a major challenge in the healthcare sector. But a new alliance that involves the New York eHealth Collaborative's Electronic Health Record and Health Information Exchange Interoperability Workgroup, or IWG for short, as well as HIMSS and a couple of other organizations seek to help improve nationwide secure health data exchange. I'm Marianne Kobasek-McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Dave Whitlinger, Executive Director of the New York eHealth Collaborative, which is called NICE for short. Dave will discuss the new alliance between his and the other organizations aimed at streamlining and strengthening how electronic health records and health information exchange organizations share patient data. So now, Dave, to start, I understand that NICE's Interoperability Workgroup is a consortium of 19 states and 47 EHR and HIE vendors, and that that consortium was formed in 2011 to increase the adoption of EHRs and HIE. So please describe what this latest alliance is about, who are the main players, and what are they contributing to this new effort? That's right. In 2011, we put together that group of multiple states and vendors in order to work on the interoperability problem. That work group put together technical specifications in order to achieve what we what we affectionately refer to as plug-and-play interoperability, kind of consumer-grade interoperability. You plug it in and it just works. It was that level of expectation that we gave to the engineers working on these technical specifications. And they came up with technical specifications such that an electronic health record in a doctor's office, a hospital, wherever the care might be delivered, could connect to the local network, the local health information exchange network in a way that did not require all sorts of extra engineering and custom software development. It was as long as the EHR vendor followed the specifications and the local network followed the specifications, the connection would be fairly straightforward, easy, and quote-unquote plug-and-play. From there, we built a test tool such that the vendors could test against the specifications using a very automated test tool, and it's quite comprehensive, literally over a 1,000 tests that it, it runs in an automated fashion. And this allows the vendors to determine whether or not they are plug-and-play compatible to the specification. At that point, the key element of making this all work in the marketplace is essentially marketing. Uh, The ability to have all of the providers across the United States, all of the CIOs across the United States, know that they can buy a product that is plug-and-play compatible with networks and that the vendors have a value in being able to market their product as being plug-and-play compatible. So we turn to essentially the largest marketing force in this industry, and that's HIMSS. And we said to the HIMSS organization, look, we can really, really move the needle with regards to nationwide interoperability. We've got the technical engineering work done. You've got the marketing muscle. If we team up here, we can really make an impact. And uh, they wholeheartedly agreed, and that's where we're at today. So now, Dave, what is the goal of this new alliance, and what is the alliance called? It doesn't have a name yet, and I'll, I'll tell you just in brief that the marketing work is uh, going on right now to develop the name and the brand. And HIMSS, the organization, has a large international conference every year coming up in February 
And then that will be where the significant announcements are made, both with uh, what the new brand is and what the new program is branded as, and then all of the assets that I just described um, tucked up underneath of that program. So what is the goal? Will this make it easier for healthcare organizations and health information exchange organizations to exchange patient data securely? Exactly. You know, we've heard because of healthcare reform, more and more provider organizations wanting to connect to networks. These are networks that are useful for the workflow of delivery of care across a community. The cost of connecting to those networks because of the proprietary interfaces and the engineering necessary to build these custom interfaces is just really prohibitive. For a small single doc practice, it might be $20,000, $25,000, $50,000 to get connected and share data with the other providers in the community and the other um, hospitals. Now with these plug-and-play standards, those costs drop down near to zero, and the barrier to be able to share data across the community on a network um, becomes so much less. So that's the objective, and by partnering with HIMSS, they're able through their marketing mechanisms get to large groups of providers in order to help them understand that now the, the standards are here and they can expect plug-and-play products in the marketplace and to utilize this set of services and programs to accomplish that. What security standards and technologies are key in this whole plug-and-play? Well, these standards do depend upon VPN pipes and the essential basics of Internet secure standards in order to have secure pipes between the different um, data systems. With that being said, the next layer below that in ensuring that you're operating at the right level is patient matching and knowing that when you ask for records on a given patient, they are who you expect them to be and and being able to uh, not mix up patient identities when moving records around. And that we spend quite a bit of time on, and it is bedded into the, the set of specifications that we developed. So now, whom might benefit from this new alliance? For instance, how might it impact healthcare providers, such as a hospital or a doctor's office, trying to access or exchange a particular patient's information with another hospital, perhaps located in another state? That's exactly right. There are these networks that are now forming, both in certain geographies as well as in uh, multiple geographies across vendors. These networks are forming for a variety of reasons, but there are some cases that are around a payment model. So a particular payment system is decided to pay for quality and pay for better management of patient care. And in so doing, they're looking for the physicians in a community to collaborate together, share records, share care plans, and and work together on uh, delivery of better care to that group of patients in the community. So this set of standards essentially removes the barrier, the cost barrier, to set up a network and to operate it, as now you're able to connect the electronic health records from both the ambulatory practices, the hospitals, the specialty centers, any of the care providers in in a community to a network fairly inexpensively and fairly easily. Now, you mentioned the patient matching, patient ID sort of aspect to this. Is there also any sort of um, access ID management or access control technologies or standards that are key in this so that, you know, a doctor who's requesting or asking to exchange information with another hospital so that, you know, everyone knows that that doctor is indeed authorized to get that information? 
There are two elements to that, and, and one is what does the network require, and the, this is different in different types of networks depending upon how they're set up, in the form of credentials of who the provider is or who's asking for information on the patient. And some networks require that there's two factors, that there's a login and there's authentication on both a password and something that the that the individual either holds or is, and that's fairly tight security. Other networks might not require that amount of authentication, but they might have a physical element. In other words, the, only the terminals that are physically secure within a, a healthcare setting can be used. So that's one element of what you're asking. The other is who has authorization to see which records. And Again, this is different in different networks. In some states, they're called opt-out states. The provider community has access to any patient's record as long as they're providing them treatment. In those states and in those networks, there isn't an additional step. Now, the patient can, can sign a form to opt out and not have their records being shared, but by default, the providers have access to all of the patient's records with the presumption that they're only looking at records for patients that they're giving treatment to. In other states, it's the exact opposite. The patient actually has to explicitly sign a consent form and enumerate which providers they are going to give access to, to their records. And so it depends on the network. And so those elements are not explicitly put into the standards that, that we're delivering as they're network-specific. So now interoperability and secure health information exchange is a key focus of the Office of the National Coordinator for Health IT for the next 10 years. How would you say this alliance fits into what ONC envisions? We worked and we have continued to work very closely with the ONC. These standards were harmonized with the engineers that work at ONC and in some of their thinking. In the broader sense, I would say that the 10-year vision that the ONC has of a learning healthcare system, great objective, great vision, but it all starts with the first two years. And the first two years of that 10-year journey really require getting data moving. And they, they know that, and um, they're looking at what is that first leap they're going to make in the coming year with regards to really demanding interoperability across the vendor community. And they see that these sets of standards are right in line with that, particularly it makes their jobs as a regulator far simpler if the industry steps up to the plate and takes care of it. And so it's easier as a regulator to say, we anoint this group that is actually functioning and working and accomplishing what we're trying to get to, rather than them trying to muscle the regulatory body, a set of engineering efforts and marketing efforts and all of that work in order to try to accomplish the same. So. Quite frankly, they're applauding what we're doing, and as long as this is successful, it makes their jobs infinitely easier. What do patients gain from this when it comes to privacy? Well, that's a very interesting question. Patients, um, to a large degree, when we poll them and do market research, to a large degree, the majority of patients expect their data to already be available to all of their providers. There's, a, there's an expectation in this Internet age of greater integration, greater accessibility, and that the services that are being delivered are integrated. They, they see this all the time in e-commerce or in other services that they're getting through the Internet. So the expectation, actually, for most patients is that their providers are sharing their records electronically already and that their quality of care should be better because of that. And they are disappointed by the healthcare provider community 
when the provider community says, I don't have access to those records from this other provider, can you go get them for me? That's an inconvenience, and that's seen as the system and the healthcare provider delivery network is, is falling down. So patients, uh, for the most part, expect this to already occur. They do, of course, expect the provider community to be good stewards of the data, not misuse the data, not lose the data, not have breaches that cause uh, them to have uh, worries about their own security. But this is moving in uh, the, the healthcare delivery system into the modern era of data exchange. And yes, it needs to follow all of the modern era security, privacy, and encryption guidelines that, that, that will be good stewards of the data. Uh, but patients, to a large part, are not worried. They're more interested in the higher quality of service. Finally, Dave, on a slightly different subject, earlier this year, the New York State Legislature voted to fund New York State's statewide health information exchange as a public utility. How is that effort going? Is there anything new with that? We're very far along now. We're on the cusp right now of connecting together the 10 different regions across the state into a statewide network, and that is following full set of consistent rules on data sharing, full sets of rules with regards to privacy and security. And we're expecting here by the middle of 2015 that the full network will be enabled such that records for patients in New York will be fully available from all the way from Buffalo to the end of Long Island. And that's really going to enable a lot of new care delivery in the state. Thanks, Dave. I've been speaking to David Whitlinger of the New York eHealth Collaborative. I'm Marianne Kobusek-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.